As we approach Rosh Hashanah, Tavshin Ayin Vav, I recall so poignantly how Rav Amitel, Zechran Levracha, would dedicate the Sicha on the first day of Rosh Hashanah to what in my mind I always envisioned was a state of the union. Not of a political union, but of assessing the state of Malchus Hashem in our world. Rosh Hashanah is dominated by so many themes, or is animated by so many themes. But the principal theme is, of course, the Malchus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is why the Chasima of Mekadesh Yisrael, the Yom HaZikaron, the Chasima announcing the Yom Tov, is incorporated into the Bracha, which concludes the Psukim of Malchios. It's not just a theme, it's the theme. And the second day, Rav Amital would discuss and describe the Akedah. But the first day was always assessing the Malchus of Hashem in our world. And as Rav Amital reminded us so often, the Malchus of Hashem in the one nook and cranny, so to speak, that Malchus can't extend on its own, human choice, human volition, but that Hashem's authority will one day be felt and is felt in as much as human beings are being judged then Hashem's authority is being reinforced even if they're not conscious of it. And to me, what was so such an epiphany, so revealing about Rav Amitel was not just in Rosh Hashanah, but that to him, the phenomena of Kiddush Hashem and by inverse of Chil Hashem was a trajectory which was gauged or reflected in Am Yisrael's fate, Am Yisrael's evolution, if the Jewish state and the Jewish people were more well-respected in this world, if the stock of the Jewish people had risen, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu was more present in our world. And when the Jewish people suffered, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence regressed and diminished. And that was the ultimate Chilol Hashem encasing the fate of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our world within the arc of Jewish history was one of the ideas and messages which changed my life through Rav Amital's instruction and inspiration. And I remember him so vividly describing his davening in basements right after the war had ended, but they still had to daven out of fear of Germans and in some cases Russians and they daven in these little burned out basements and when they reached the state of tefillah where they exclaimed they were laughing at themselves they felt almost embarrassed how could we dream of a world in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu confers glory respect, honor to the Jewish people when we're being shot like dogs, when our blood is cheaper than water. And how gratifying it was to him to have lived through that nightmare and emerged into a world in which the stock of the Jewish people was rising, in which the world respected Jews and the state was respected and embraced by a world community. I was thinking about that sicha and imagining in my own way, my own perspective, how difficult the current state must be 
in that context and for Rav Amitel, in which though we have our state and we have our security and we have our internal Jewish pride, unfortunately there's a growing movement to denigrate the Jewish state, to withdraw from the Jewish state, to boycott the Jewish state. So even though internally the stock of the Jewish people has risen, that sense that the entire world will one day recognize and admit Hashem Elokei Yisrael Melech Umal unfortunately, that state is becoming even more obscure as our personal state of Israel succeeds. But unfortunately, we haven't been able to draw world opinion in our wake to celebrate and to support our accomplishments. And this is a phenomena or a tragedy that has unfolded over the last few years. So when we say, We hope that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will restore the state and the prestige of the Jewish people throughout the entire world. And with that, his malchus will be augmented or enhanced. I think about Rav Amital in the 90s and the late 80s describing the monstrosity of communism that no one had dared, no one had been audacious enough to suggest replacing God in religion. Christianity and Islam had replaced the Jewish people. But communism sought to create a moral and efficient society in the absence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to replace God. How much of an affront it was to the Malchus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in our world that such a state could be suggested or constructed. And how as always prophetically he described their downfall and how we lived through their downfall and the restoration of Hashem's Malchus through his Sichot on Rosh Hashanah. And as the 90s started to bleed into the first decade of the 2000s and the scourge of Islamic fundamentalism appeared how he would remind us on Rosh Hashanah that even though they speak in the name of religion they speak of a God that doesn't exist they speak of a God who desires death and suffering, a God who presumably celebrates the death of innocence that even though it was a monotheistic God theologically if traits were imputed to that God, which were in, incorrect, which were fraudulent, then that was essentially tantamount to agnosticism or to heresy. We believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Mechalk El Chaim, Mechasad, Mechayim Eisim, Barachamim Rabim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Rachamim, Bechasad, Vashalom, merciful, has pity, compassionate, desires human welfare. But when Rav Amital was describing that affront to Malchus Hashem, it was the early part of the twos, in which terror was not incidental, but peripheral to culture. As we've seen that movement expand, take on new shapes, invade new territories, it's become not just a peripheral part of human experience, but a central, dangerous, perilous, entire states have collapsed under the weight of Islamic fundamentalism. ISIS and other branches have taken cruelty, savagery, brutality to levels which 10 years ago we couldn't dream of, we couldn't imagine. And they present this as mainstream. They've created cultures of beheading and cultures of rape and cultures of children's suicide bombers. And one by one, states, states who were unfortunately enemies of the state of Israel, but people who had lived more or less in civil situations, 
and cultures dominated by the respect of law have now found their lives completely, completely shattered, facing horrific, horrific enemies. And not just, of course, in the Middle East, but we have every expectation, unfortunately. It's always it's likely to anticipate that it will spread to Europe, will spread to other areas of the world. And this is a setback for Malchus Hashem in our world. <laughs> a setback which Rav Amitav spoke of in the early part of the 2000s, which unfortunately has mushroomed in our decade and in the latter part of the previous decade. So we pray on Rosh Hashanah that Hashem's Malchus should be restored by eliminating cultures that speak in the name of God, but speak of a God who doesn't exist and essentially speak of no God. But we don't just daven for the authority of Malchus Shamayim. We also daven for the authority of human beings who represent him on this earth. Every single Jew represents Malchus Hashem. Every single human being represents Malchus Hashem. But Kodesh Baruch Hu is Bachar Banu, chose us. And in choosing us and in providing us with a tradition stretching from Har Sinai, expects us not just to embrace the divinity of his word, but the authority of his Nevi'im and the authority of Chazal and Rabbanim to interpret his word and to apply his word to ever-changing modern realities. And Samchus Chachamim, rabbinic authority, is indeed so central to the Rosh Hashanah experience. The Torah is very demure, is very opaque about the mitzvahs. It describes the Zichron Truah and Yom Truah without informing us how to execute these two or how to perform these two mitzvahs. Chazal essentially elaborated shofar in ways that they weren't forced to elaborate other mitzvahs. They had to infer what a shivarim is. They had to condense psukim from Yovel and other areas of the Torah and create the tekiah teruah or tekiah shivarim format. Extensive, extensive re-engineer, not re-engineering, but engineering and eliciting the details of our tekiah shofar. Our tekiah shofar bears very little semblance to the actual psukim. And then, of course, as Rav Amital spoke about so often, when Rosh Hashanah was Chal on Shabbos, Chazal had the, so to speak, audacity to suspend Kiyashofer, such a crucial mitzvah on such a pivotal day, just to protect the sanctity of Shabbos, based on the fear that a shofar may be carried. And even though today those fears are no longer relevant, our commitment and loyalty to Chazal far surpass any mitzvah, any particular mitzvah, and when we daven on Rosh Hashanah Shachal B'Shabbos without a shofar, we're effectively asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu to recognize in our commitment and fidelity to Chazal the merits that we deserve and hopefully yielding the type of response we desire. And sadly enough, within the Jewish world, and the Jewish world can't be severed, it doesn't live in isolation from the broader world, we see significant, unfortunately, crisis in the authority of Chazal for a range of different reasons. The modern era is not one which celebrates authority and submission to ancient truths. It celebrates and vaunts self-mediated truths, in part because life in Eretz Yisrael has become so complex, and the model of the chief rabbinate of the Rabbanut Rashid may no longer be as relevant as suitable and there have been so many discussions and so many needs that perhaps the chief rabbinate hasn't met and communities are exploring alternate models to help compensate for the insufficiencies. 
There are several issues. Modern era challenges Chazal's voice. And we have to find ways to be faithful to Chazal, but to in some ways be sensitive to developing patterns in the broader community, in the Jewish community. And it's not always an easy task. And people of, let's, people of lesser, lesser submission to Chazal sometimes employ these real needs in a way that's irreverent towards Chazal, whether it's the changing role of women in our society and changes that must be adopted and implemented in ways that Chazal didn't articulate, not to contradict their opinions, but to find avenues and venues for women to express their legitimate voice in Avodah Hashem. Whether it's some of the developments recently about the changes in sexual norms in our society, at large, these present significant challenges. And unfortunately for some, it leads to an erosion of the authority of Chazal as representatives of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will on this earth, or by extension, diminishing of Malchus Hashem. And then unfortunately, in addition to all these phenomena, unfortunately, we've been facing several scandals. Human beings are human beings, even if they professionally are rabbis. And this has also led for many to have a general, whole-scale critique or skepticism, not just towards rabbis in our generation, but towards Chazal, the great rabbis, our uncles, as Chazal Darshan from the Pasuk and Shir Hashirim, Ki Tovim your uncles are more affectionate to you than wine. So we daven on Rosh Hashanah, then amidst all the swirl and all the chaos, and all the issues that are legitimate issues that have to be faced, none of them should be swept under the carpet, none of them should be ignored. But we daven to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, on Rosh Hashanah, on a day which Chazal left such an indelible and dramatic imprint. We don't just daven for the restoration of Malchus Hashem, but for the reinforcement, certainly of Chazal's role in our life, and in a humble way. Obviously, I'm a rabbi, so I want to state this with humility. I'm not speaking Chazal about myself, but that humble and sincere rabbis who work in earnest to continue that Masara, that their presence within the Jewish community will be recognized and will be supported amidst the general desire to stabilize and strengthen the role of Chazal in our community. So it's a difficult Rosh Hashanah to face. The first time we have neither Rosh Hashiva standing in our base medrash, I remember a few years ago, the Yom Kippur after Rav Amital, Zech Sadik Levracha was Nifter, I sat next to Rav Bazak in the fourth row, right near the Bima, and Rav Yaakov Medan got up to give what was a very stirring sicha before Nila. But both Rav Amnon and myself looked at each other and began to bawl uncontrollably, put our heads down, we didn't want to disturb other people, draw attention to ourselves. How, how could we enter Tzfilas Nila without the heart-piercing, without the passionate, plaintive voice of our Rebbe Rav Amital? I imagine I'll feel the same this year, but not during the Ila of Rosh Hashanah, but most prominently after we recite Paraklam Natsach, Karach Mizmor, seven times, seven times, to prepare ourselves to enter the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Gemara Rosh Hashanah says, as Rav Amital quoted so often, 
when we blow shofar, we enter the Kodesh HaKadoshim. But instead of a seven-day preparation period that the Kohen Gadol had to endure, and mikvah, our experience of entering the Kodesh HaKadoshim through Tiki HaShofar is enabled, is facilitated by reciting this parak of Malchus Hashem, Yad Beramim Tachtenu, Lumim Tachaz Raglinu, Kimelech Kol Aretz Elokim Zamur Maskil, Malach Elohim Algoim, Elokim Yashal Vakisei Kadshah, Nediv Yamim Nesafu. And then we all heard, we had the memories of Rav Lechtenstein, Zecher Tzadik Levracha, exhorting us to be Yotze with the Brachos, to be quiet during the Tkiyos, to listen with our Kavana until the very last Tkiyah. And then ultimately we heard the thunderous voice, the thunderous voice, which needed no shofar, of Rav Lechtenstein announcing each Tkiyah, Teruah, and Shvarim. I know that will be difficult for many on Rosh Hashanah this year. But Rosh Hashanah is a day of voices and of memories. And it's a day of imagination. Rav Amital would often quote the Kuzari, Rav Yudal Levi, who demanded that a Jew have the imagination that allows him to remember significant dramatic events in our history and to recreate those events. So the Kuzari, which Rav Amital demanded of us, was never more relevant than it will be this year for everyone, whether they stand in the base Medrash and Gush, or whether they stand elsewhere to climb inside our imagination and remember those voices and allow those voices of Rav Amital and Rav Lichtenstein to permeate our consciousness, to elevate our tefillos. We definitely know they'll be davening Shemayim on our behalf because we are their Talmidim. On behalf of the yeshiva, they so lovingly built and developed Throughout the last couple months since Rav Lichtenstein's passing, I've been traveling extensively, speaking on behalf of the yeshiva, delivering tributes, shiurim. And very often I face the following question. People have asked me, it must be a difficult time for you. Things in yeshiva must be very difficult. My answer was always the same. On a personal level and obviously institutionally, it's traumatic to lose two Rosh Hashivas in such a short time span, two such great celebrities who changed orthodoxy across the globe. But in terms of the institutional efficiency, we've never been more efficient. The yeshiva didn't miss a beat, didn't miss a tick. In fact, the greatest testament to the institutional stability was the way in which the Leviah was conducted for 12,000 people. It was literally a Kiddush Hashem. Unfortunately, there was a Leviah a few weeks earlier in which two people were killed because of the stampede. Baruch Hashem, everything was calm, orderly, respectful to thousands of people. And this was their great gift. That Rav Amital, eight years ago, had the foresight to look in the mirror, detect his own mortality, and launch the succession that has allowed us to navigate into the next era. Without these great people, for sure, who knows if we'll be able to create the same level and the same charisma and the same, obviously, it's difficult to imagine, but the stability they conferred upon us, the loving deference which they show towards one another, which allows us to operate in harmony and in fraternity, this was their gift to us. In Baruch Hashem, the institution has never been stronger. So I'm sure they'll look down on the yeshiva they crafted so lovingly, and they'll take nachas, and they'll dive in for us and with us, but on Yom HaZikaron, we remember their voices, we imagine 
their spirit, and we daven from Alchus Hashem in the way in which Rav Amital demanded we daven in a contemporary fashion to locate the areas in our world in which Malchut Hashem is being fronted or assaulted to daven the Hashem's Malchus be extended al kol haaretz bayamahu yi Hashem echad u'shmo echad lanu l'chom beis Yisrael to all the Talmidim friends all those who look for the Gush to our yeshiva k'siva v'chasim lanu l'cholam Yisrael